0: Hello and welcome to the Weekly Song Podcast. Uh, My name is Roger and with me is my co-host, as always, Declan Kitchener. Hello, Declan. How's it
1: going? It's going good, thank you. Uh, This is going to be a bit of a weird uh, recording experience. Uh, For some reason, even though you can't hear it right now, Roger sounds like a Dalek to me. So this is kind of (laughs) the best episode of the podcast we've ever done and also the worst episode of the podcast we've ever (laughs) done.
0: I'm a Dalek. I can't move up the stairs. I mean, I'm not going to go into details because no one wants to hear about my day. Like in gory detail, but it's just been one of those days where everything that's happened has kind of been a little bit broken and a bit shit. <laughs> it's like this is just <laughs> the last of those things, you know. But oh, I tell you what is, yeah. I tell you what isn't broken and shit is uh, the fact that we've come with our pretty much our final songs for this year. Uh, we've written uh, for seven weeks. We're bringing our seventh songs to the podcast. And uh, how has this season felt for you, Declan?
1: it it's felt it's felt fun um we've it's been a while since we've done a season it's been a while since I've done some songwriting so it's been nice to sort of get back into the groove of it and uh hopefully we don't take quite as long with the next season uh because I do miss doing this
0: yeah same here same here and I mean we were talking off air uh the other week about coming back sort of early twenty twenty four which I'm really excited about because I've just had a blast I've enjoyed chatting with you as I always do, but I've also felt like with the gap that we had between seasons, I thought I was going to be so rusty and I think we've had a pretty cool run and an interesting run of mixed, mixed genres and stuff.
1: Yeah. It's been quite good to sort of see uh, like where we've, where we've both sort of come back uh, into songwriting from. Um, Yeah. 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 That's about the most, that's about the most sophisticated thing I have to say about the topic. (laughs) Well, uh, as I said, we're
0: bringing our seventh songs to the uh, podcast uh, to discuss this week. And song seven from Declan is the first one we're going to be listening to. So tell us about your song and what it was supposed
1: to call them. We'll have a listen. Well, this, this first one is called uh, Anything Slash Everything. Um, uh, I apologize for the demo. It was kind of a last minute job. Uh, yeah. But um, yeah, the song goes like this.
2: I know I didn't To the best I was able Cards on the table Forbidden By lack of conviction Felt the restriction Scared to take steps that I already know I need to feel pain if I want to grow But I didn't I lost all sense of where I've been Is this a place where you want to begin? But we didn't If I can't do it You're trying to protect your defenses, come to your senses, you're lying. You begin with a false start, play with a false start, pulling yourself to the ends of the earth to try and project what you think you're worth, you're flying. I lost all sense of where you begin. Both of us lose, and no one wins. But we're trying. If I can- be better for ourselves we're setting sail on cause to fail cause it's better for ourselves
0: Absolutely love it. That is Declan's seventh song for the season, and it's called Anything Slash Everything. Uh, that, wasn't that amazing, everyone? Round of applause for Declan.
1: Thank, oh, no, thank, thank you, my amassed audience. <laughs> this, this crowd of people. I can just edit in, like, people clapping. It'll be brilliant.
0: <laughs> yes. No, I mean, seriously great. I mean, it's rhythmically cool, it's dynamically cool, but most of all, that chorus, that chorus is the catchiest thing
1: I've heard in ages. Uh, fa- thank you um, It's uh, kind of interesting you say that Because the chorus, melodically Is the bit that came first At least in terms of the vocal um, So this one started off On the guitar, as all things do um, And I've I've worked through this season At writing earlier and earlier in the week So towards the start of the run I was writing my songs um, At about 7 o'clock in the evening On a Sunday and uh, by the end of the season, I managed to shift that back to one o'clock in the afternoon on a Sunday. <laughs> uh, that's that's good, though.
0: That's, you know, six hours.
1: It's progress. Um, but I was still time constrained because I did have to pop out to the shops. Uh, and obviously being a Sunday, they closed early. Uh, so I um, started off with that riff uh, on the F there, the boom, do, do, dong, 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 dong. I was like, okay, that's, that's got a sort of cool thing. Put in the 4 and 5 of that scale, the B flat and C, to sort of get you into a chorus area uh, while putting some notes in there that I could double with my voice, and they're all in range. That's, that's grand. Um, the chorus bit uh, sort of came relatively quickly out of that. It's going up to a D minor and then trying to descend from there. Uh, so a- again, fairly quick, fairly self explanatory. I think that bit gets a little non diatonic. You have D minor to C sharp diminished sus four, I think. Um, <laughs> I citations, think. Aren- citations are needed. Um, to uh, a C sus four to an a to uh d minor a b flat uh f and then second time round i couldn't be bothered um to do that all again <laughs> so what i did was just uh d minor a b flat a f nice and simple um and that's kind of where I had it for a while And then it came to sort of writing the melody for it I was already sort of scatting like the lines roughly um, The first bit that was solidified was that chorus melody And pretty much the words for the chorus as well Like um, uh, the, the sort of phrase that was always jumping out Was like "I I can't do anything Or like a You would do everything Or something like that so it's like, yep, that's a solid place to start as any. Let Let's do that. Isn't it? Isn't it
0: great when you get to the chorus when you're writing a song and you you almost spit out something that works really well and you just go, "Wow, that's it. That's the thing. The anything, everything, just it it works."
1: Yeah, and it kind of informed the sort of structure of the verses as well. Because um, what I ended up writing was. Uh, if I can't do anything, then why try anything? Um and then the second one's you would do everything to be yourself again. Um not the greatest lyrics ever written, but it does have a duality in there. Oh, so like, contraire mon frere. About... <laughs> 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 Um But like half of it is talking about the narrator of the song and half of it is talking about someone else, so that's cool. Uh so that implies verse one's gonna be about the narrator. And verse 2 is going to be about uh, Someone else So that was kind of useful to think about Structuring it Um, uh, And then it's getting to Trying to write a melody line for the verses At which point I had the Odd thing of In my head When I sort of came up with the melody I thought this sounds like a Taylor Swift song (laughs) I don't know why I thought that But Think it, I did. Um, Any particular so, <laughs> Taylor Swift song, or um, no, just something in the general. <laughs> <oeuvre>. <laughs> Maybe more of her like a like a, her early days rather than the sort of full on pop stuff now. Um, but I just thought, okay, <laughs> let's let's lean into that slightly then. Let's try and make a failed relationship song, um, and yeah, that that kind of informed it. And you've obviously got uh i can't do anything so why try anything okay that's apathy uh so maybe first person didn't commit very much so you've got like um i wasn't able cards on the table forbidden by a lack of conviction and things like that so it's just like
2: yeah okay uh, that
1: works in its own little area and then the um second verse is uh based around the you do everything to be yourself again. So maybe this person has been dishonest. Maybe it's not a very happy relationship. Sad.
2: <laughs> <No>. <laughs> that's the key
1: overriding emotion. Sad. Um,
0: so it's like reading in. It's almost like because you had that great nugget of the chorus and you kind of got the words right away. It's like that informs the verses.
1: Yeah. It, it, that. That's. It, it's kind of reverse engineering the song almost. Because I think you and I have said before on the show that we've had the problem where we come up with a great verse one and then we realise, oh no, I've written everything I can really say about this topic and the song's still got another two minutes to go. What do I do? (laughs) So at least this way, you know where you're building to, more or less.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And also the fact that you've got the, the kind of... If I can't do anything, why do anything? I've probably got that a bit wrong, but you've got that I-focused lyric, and then you've also got the, um, you you know, you would do anything to be yourself again. And the fact that you can split those up kind of gives you double the lyrical content to farm, I guess.
1: Well, it also sort of extrapolates where uh, the, ch- uh, the song should go next, uh, because I have broken the format of the season and instead of saying oh this could really do with a bridge or another section or just like another bit to sort of continue the narrative and synthesize everything a little bit i've actually done it i've not been lazy this week <laughs> it's it, it's so joyous <laughs> um, uh, you know why that is
0: though that, that's because it's our last song of the season and i've done the same thing where it's like Going out on a big fireworks display, you know. Like I put a bridge in my song too, but anyway, we'll get to that. <laughs> yeah,
1: I've 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 completed it this week, as opposed to got most of the way there. Um, <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's kind of why instead of you or I, the bridge turns to we. Uh, I know that we're setting sail on course to fail. Um, I'm I'm the best songwriter that ever there was, because uh, it'd be better for ourselves. Again, kind of trying to sort of move it forward slightly, but also not make the chorus irrelevant. Um, so it's kind of sensing that the writing is on the wall for these two people. Uh, and, yeah, come back in with the last chorus. Nothing's changed. These guys are doomed. Anyway, here's the happy riff again.
0: <laughs> As you said, the overall emotion is sad. But sad. uh <laughs> I find it interesting lyrically with this song because it's it packs a punch as far as like emotion and everything But it feels like you're almost doing the Elliot Smith approach of like telling half the conversation Where the listener can fill in the other half in their own minds And it's not like you're telling a full story where there's like a beginning, middle and an end You're almost just illustrating two sides of a coin, is that fair to say?
1: Um, I, I think you're reading too much artistic worth into this song, but thank you. Um, I suppose uh, I suppose you could say that because uh, what you're sort of getting is one person's view of their own faults versus one person's view of the other person's faults. Uh, it could mm. be interesting to sort of do a response song almost, where like uh, the 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 you in this song becomes the I, and then goes. Actually, I'm amazing. The problem is that you're a terrible person. <laughs> a different song entirely. A lot more pomp. It's lot not more me,
0: camp. it's you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, it, it's it's great. It's really, really great. I mean, so you got the chorus, you went back and you filled in the verses. Uh what else was there to it? Did you put in the in the bridge after you wrote the verses was that like the final thing that you came back to later or
1: yeah so the sort of i sort of wrote the verses and the chorus musically then lyrically and melodically wrote the chorus went back and filled in the verses and then realized oh wait i can continue this forward slightly so the bridge is is not very sophisticated so to speak it's b flat b flat major seven a minor g minor G minor a minor b flat c um times two uh <laughs> times two it's just a nice way to sort of slow things down build them back up to a guitar solo um i think probably the biggest sort of thing with this song is that it's very vibe dependent so that riff implies a lot of space uh, and on this demo i don't necessarily think i emphasize the right elements um Again, it's one of those ones where, as I was sort of mucking about with a bass line to put on it, I was thinking, like, well, this bass line isn't going to make as much sense if there isn't at least a kick drum and a snare there. Uh, so, not having a kick drum and a snare, I sort of tried to sort of retrofit hitting a guitar and clapping to the acoustic track. Sort of got, I think I got like 80% of the way there. Um, but uh, I, I, I listened back to it like later that evening. I was just like, Oh no. I've emphasised the wrong bits. There are the wrong no. downbeats in certain sections. Whoops. <laughs> or like uh it, it goes very heavy rock uh in the in the choruses with that sort of pounding and I, I wonder if you could do something different with that or at least build up to it a bit better. Um but yeah, I think I think my main sort of fault with this song as to it is more the production of it for the podcast rather than anything writing wise. I don't think it's brilliant, but I don't think it's bad. I think it's great. <laughs> what Obviously, a I... what a glowing <laughs> recommendation.
0: <laughs> you put put that on your press statement for labels and stuff. I don't like the music I'm giving you, but. <laughs>
1: Oh, it's, it something my dad said to me once about my music, um, and he means it in the best possible way, but it's just funny to hear the words spoken. <laughs> this is going to be great. It's, that, it's just, uh, I, I've heard your music and I generally have no problem with it. And he, he means that in a really lovely and supportive way, but just when you hear the words in isolation...
0: Because <laughs> I, I oh, like, it is a nice thing to say Because you know, you've I met know him You, you know what he's like. like He's very yeah. direct
1: and to the point
0: <laughs> Like that's a lovely thing for him to say But it's almost like saying I'm not going to actively try to Stop you making music I'm not, I'm not going to cause you any <laughs> harm ben, you actively <laughs> <laughs> Well done son oh. I'm not going to break any of your instruments Yeah <laughs> That might be a title <laughs> yes um but uh what was i gonna say what was i gonna say yeah i uh i think that's the other thing with this podcast as well is that not only are we writing a song in a week but we also demo a song which you know i mean if your voice isn't in great shape that day or if you're just kind of you've got a short time span to get that demo done you know you, you that will what i'm i guess i'm trying to say that will factor into your feelings about the song at least for that week
1: Yes, it's kind of uh there's there's so many stages which in um, I use the word ruin but I use it very loosely like that sort of mentally ruin a song for you. I think you and I've discussed it before where we've had like a great riff and then we've put a melody on top of it and it's like oh no that that that's not a good song anymore or like the melody's mm. good but then you get to the words and you think nope I've ruined it not anymore or like you like the demo of it but then you sort of Uh, start putting down the final bits and it's just like no this does not work in this space this does not work in this way i've destroyed it as if like there is only one way that your song will ever be heard and every (laughs) step you take is an accumulative like measure to get there which is just nonsense that's just not how it works at all but at the same time your your brain sure thinks it does well, that's just the mind games we play with
0: ourselves. Like and it's true, it's like building a house of cards. Like you put down the foundational layer and you go, I've got something here. Put down the next layer and you're like, I've ruined it. And like then you knock it all over. But uh But it's but demonstrably I mean- not
1: too, because we've both like we've I'm sure everyone in the world has like written words that they don't like at the start of a writing process and gone, No, that's terrible, it will ruin it. Like and then just gone back and written other songs uh, and other words that do fit Mm. and are good (laughs) yeah your brain is still conditioned to like go i didn't get it instantly i didn't get it in like 0.2 seconds flat you monster how could you (laughs) you've ruined it christmas is (laughs) cancelled oh my
0: gosh i mean yeah it's we are hard on ourselves as musicians. We, the collective (laughs) we, we just are like, we expect these, every song to be perfect and every performance to be great and every recording to be perfect and everything. And, uh, I think a big part of productivity and being prolific is just accepting imperfection and not necessarily releasing everything you record, you know? Um, I mean, we can't do that because we have a podcast where we <laughs> publish all yeah, of our songs live. The whole point live. is that we have to come up with something.
1: <laughs> <laughs> with
2: Although validation, like...
1: basically is what we are at this point. That does give us, I feel like a hard, a
0: harder skin, thicker skin because yeah, I don't know. Um, but no, this is a fantastic song. I, I would love to be a part of the development of this. Um you know, Schnookums. whether it's yeah, Schnookums. I would yeah, let's make this a Schnookum song. We could put this on the next album. That would be fun. Yes. I like that.
1: This song Is has there a anything home else is there anything else you want to touch on with this song? Or Only that if I'd uh, had the Taylor Swift songwriting sort of idea at the beginning, uh, the chorus would have ended up completely different. That is just not how she sings and performs choruses <laughs> in relation to her verses. Um but I like the chorus. It, it It's a rock chorus. I'm happy with that. One out of one. That That's about all I've got to say on this one this
0: week. Ah, that's awesome. I think it actually benefits from that contrast of having the more poppy verse and the more... It almost sounds like a hardcore chorus to me in a way. Hardcore
1: punk <clears> chorus. So pop hardcore is basically what you're saying.
0: Yeah, you're, you know, Taylor Swift meets a hardcore
1: band. Good one, me. I know about hardcore fans. <laughs> uh, t- <laughs> uh, well, um, talking of things that you know about, uh you know about your song for this week. Um <laughs> so that was a smooth transition. We won't be cutting that. Um so <laughs> why don't why don't you tell us a little bit more about it and then maybe let us hear it. Please, please, sir. We'd like to hear your song, sir. It'd be really nice to, sir. <laughs>
0: Sure thing So this is my second piano-based song of the season And uh, it's called Crystal Ball And uh, while you're listening, everyone Try and uh, guess which song I modelled the rhythm of this one on It's a very popular song
1: Ooh
0: And it goes like this This whole time I've
1: waited
0: For somebody
3: to complicate it But the ones who came and who took my name Were really not the ones who made it so damn hard They showed me all the wonders hiding in my own backyard And laughed at all the days I've wasted The memories I never tasted in the dark and letters They make me feel a whole lot better When the feels all fade And the choice I made Is staring at me through the frame As if to say, forget it You never had a crystal ball And if you did, you'd let it Clip both of the wings you grew No, there's nothing else for you to do except regret it And start over To make me go and miss my mark The only type of charm I need Is the one that's hitting up my sleeve
1: was roger's uh seventh uh weekly song for this season and i tell you what i don't have to look into my crystal ball to uh know what that's like that that that's good
0: <laughs> what it's like
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's what crystal balls are for
0: for seeing what things are like
3: <laughs> yeah. uh, oh thank you thank give, you that's give, give me a break it's the end of the season the end i'm of running long... out of
1: these
0: transitions <laughs> End of a long... No, I, I, I love the transition. No, thank you. Thank you very much.
1: This um, is very show tune. I absolutely adore it.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Um, <clears throat> Well, before the song began, I was saying, uh, can you guess which song's rhythm it was modelled on? No. <laughs> <laughs> it was modelled on a song written by... Jerry Goffin and Carol King popularized by Herman's Hermits called I'm into something good
3: Last night I met a new girl in the neighborhood Well yeah Ooh. Something tells me I'm into something good
2: Something tells me I'm into something good. she's the kind of girl who's Oh Something tells me I'm into
0: something good Something tells me I that's the one that is the one Yes, I so, did not
1: get. I totally see that in retrospect now.
0: Yeah, like looking back. But the thing was, like, I knew I wanted to write a song with that rhythm, but it it was very, very tempting when I sat at the piano to just play ding, 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 ding. ding you know what I mean? Just like that rhythm. So I tried <laughs> to refrain from that.
1: It's very tempting. Like uh, you sort of. I'm pretty sure we've all had this, where we sat down at our instrument and just gone like. Okay, I want to write a BG style song this week and then just you sit down at your instrument and you just start playing staying alive and you just think <laughs> no wait a minute what's happened I want to be like not actually them. Okay. Uh so was was that a conscious thing going into it or was that just kind of uh how like the idea developed?
0: That was a conscious thing going into it. Kind of like last week when I heard that, and I don't remember what song it was, but that Janis Joplin song that had that rhythm with the gospel claps on the two beat. um, I knew that going into that one, and I knew I wanted to have that into something good rhythm for this one, which is very much like um, crotchet notes on the piano in the right hand. And um, so you kind of got a template already. And I think young me maybe would have had a lot of... um, guilt around that like what you're you're taking the rhythm of an already existing song and writing your own whereas now i i go yeah but it's a whole new thing you know it's like i'm writing a whole new thing on top
1: and also it's not a thing that's not been done by other musicians like um it's very identifiable with that song but it's but it's 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 not unique to it
0: <laughs> yeah i think like the the thing i wanted to go for was like if i tell people that it's based on that rhythm they go oh uh, yeah i see i could see what you mean but if they didn't know that they wouldn't have said that so so i said so essentially like, yeah.
1: what i've done is i've passed your test
0: Yep. <laughs> yes thank you yes oh yes
1: i've succeeded
0: ding 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 and uh so and i also had a i went into this song writing process knowing a few things i wanted to write about as well so um i was for some reason or another going through old photos the other day just kind of being nostalgic i guess and just kind of mm. going through all photos with family and friends and all these sorts of things and and i was just kind of reflecting on them and uh i think i've said this to you before declan but there's that feeling sometimes when you look at a photo of your younger self and you don't really remember what you were thinking that day but you knew around that time you were quite a nervous person quite an anxious person you knew you had Mm. a lot of things you were battling in your own head and things you were trying to figure out but you look at the photo and you see your smiling face and it's a sunny day and and everything's looking good you know and you look through you look into those eyes and you go you shouldn't have worried so much you know in that photo you could have just relaxed you could have just relaxed and enjoyed the moment but you didn't
1: and yes, uh, I do think this is the best place for therapy. So, if you would like to sit back <laughs> on the couch and tell me about your mother, <laughs> oh, we can't afford the
0: type of therapy where you have a chaise long. We don't have that type of money. We don't have you chaise need long property money for that. <laughs> yeah. I can I can afford like webcam based therapy, <laughs> I which is part. what this. Which, <laughs> That's the title. That's the title. <laughs> I don't oh, mean like I, mean. I don't mean like a cam show or something. Damn,
3: <laughs> 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 oh, Declan. But uh um,
1: yeah. But yes, I, you've you've mentioned this before, and I absolutely do get um that sort of feeling where you look back and like you, like you say you remember all the worries, and you're just sitting there thinking, "You lucky bastard, you you had nothing yet. Yeah. You think you've got worries? We do you get to where we
0: are." <laughs> just wait to 2020 it all changes them uh so yeah that's kind of what it was about generally speaking but i expanded from that so the f- second verse talks about that pretty pretty openly so photographs and letters they make me feel a whole lot better when the fears all fade on the choice i made is staring at me through the frame as if to say forget it and uh you know, like, the, and then the chorus, the following chorus is like, you never had a crystal ball, and if you did, you'd let it clip both of the wings you grew. There's nothing else for you to do except regret it and start over. So it's like, it's kind of a um, a bit of a, I don't know what the word would be, but like a zen type of lyric, maybe, where it's just saying, you know that feeling where you could have just been in that photo and inhabited that moment fully? You can do that now, too. You know, like, just, if if you could see the future... It wouldn't really
1: change anything. You could still, still be happy. So, mm. uh, sort of take this annoyance and turn it into a positive outlook.
0: Yeah, like I feel like, I feel like another a quote that I heard recently that I was thinking about loads when I was writing this song is, I think it's wrongly attributed to Mark Twain. I actually don't think he said it, but people always attribute it to him. Which is, I've had a great many worries in my life, most of which have never happened. I just think that's so good.
1: That is that is a bit of a truism. I wonder who did say that. We're going to find out live on air. Let's Google it. Live Be- on air. Uh, live on air.
0: Finding out about live on air. Was it Mark Twain or was
1: it Michael Jackson? Um, those are the only two options. It predates him. I think the earliest sort of version of that is in a letter uh, to Thomas to uh, John Adams by Thomas Jefferson, uh, according to uh, Freakonomics dot com. It has been attributed to Twain. He probably came up with that precise wording, maybe. I don't know. Uh, Do not quote me as a source on this.
0: (laughs) Well, thank you, Declan, for our new item live on air. We're going to find out air. live on air. So, uh, Using so yeah. up our air time. <laughs> um, so, uh, well, we're not syndicated, so we're okay. But anyway, so that was basically the lyrical theme of the song is just, you know, try and be happy. Things aren't as bad as they seem. So I'm trying to write more positive songs these, these days. And I feel like I'm pleased with this song because I like the melody. And. I did something which I don't normally get to do, which is write about a thing for the whole song, like keep on one topic and actually explore it in different ways, which um, which (laughs) sounds so like that's like the basic foundational level of writing a song to most people. It just makes sense. But for me, no, it's like that's quite an achievement.
1: Uh, well, to be fair, your songs have always sort of had this sort of wandering through line, uh, sort of wandering scenarios, but like with a central through line. You have mentioned throughout the season that that's kind of like one of the things that you were trying to sort of uh, work on is maybe the wrong word, but like um, incorporate a bit more uh, that sense mm. of keeping a song focused on one topic. Have you noticed any sort of progression in that over the over the seven weeks or so?
0: Yeah, I think so. I think the main thing that really sticks out to me is that I think what we both kind of share in common when we're coming up with the very first lyric of a song um, is that we make it fit the syllables and the rhythm and the melody of the chords we've got going on. And what I would used to do, and I do sometimes do, is just take that in whatever direction flows rhythmically, even if it didn't make sense. Whereas now I'm trying to sit with it and just sit still with the first lyric for a little bit and see how that makes sense with the next line in regards to what I've got going on in my head as far as what I want the lyrics to be about. Not perfect, but it's much more sort of considered than just like, that rhymes, let's use that, you know?
1: Yeah, it's kind of this great big balance of trying to get the words somewhere between what you want them to be, uh, where you think they should be, and what they should be. Yes. They're not all necessarily the same thing.
0: That's such a good point, yeah. And I think with lyrics in general, there is a certain sense of, it depends what you value more, because I I have heard some songwriters where they'll say the literal thing that makes the most sense, but I mean, just to me, it doesn't always sound the best rhythmically or in terms of the rhyme scheme or something. So it's finding something in that gray area between what definitely works literally like uh you know and what works musically so it was leaning into that and uh and yeah i i don't know i mean i think this is my favorite song of the season just because it strikes that balance in a way that my other songs don't
1: i love the sort of sense of building scale with this one as well like the sort of start you starting out like with those sort of uh staccato chords on the piano and sort of slowly adding in elements. Like I was saying to you as we were listening to it, I can sort of see the sort of curtains drawing back and getting more and more people on stage and the production gets more and more elaborate until you've got to like a full-on showstopper number. Um, mm. Is is Was that sort of a conscious element of it or was it just, uh, I just want to add more bits to the as, the song as it goes?
0: Well, I mean, like the demo itself doesn't actually have that much in there like it's kind of implied but there's only three tracks on the recording there's the piano the vocal slash finger clicks and the guitar solo there's not really much else but it is kind of implied that drums would come in at certain points and maybe a bass line like everything that will be added i'm sure is kind of implied but yeah i suppose with this type of song um, i mean i think you and i were listening to a gilbert o'sullivan song in the car a little while back, and it was like a lovely piano ballad with a great melody, but we were both kind of commenting that we both expected drums to come in at a certain point, and maybe a bass line in it to beef up at a certain point, and...
1: Because all- we've been ruined
0: by the modern age. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, we're not happy with just somebody playing the piano and singing a song anymore. <laughs> um... But yeah, I mean, I I think that was definitely part of it. I mean, like with anything, everything. I would love to develop this with you at some point and make it into a uh, a schnookem song or something like that. That'd be great. I was
1: gonna, I was gonna say, if you ever do this, like as a recording or live or something, I have to be involved. This is exactly the kind of thing that I, l- I like doing. Uh, taking something like this and then saying, okay, what about showbiz rock though?
2: Whoa,
1: wow. <laughs> Musical theater. What about a little bit of glitz and glam? You know. Yes, yes, exactly.
0: Um, no, that'd be great. That'd be great. Um, the other thing with this song is the chords, which are quite simple, but a couple of interesting little bits with this one. Um, so the ver- the whole song is in F major um, and it starts with an F major chord and then A minor and then B flat seven. No, sorry, B flat major seven. Now, I wanted to go F, A minor, B flat major but it's felt so many songs do that and i've written songs that do this too where it does that i wasn't opposed to doing it but i was thinking i've got a i have got to. I can come up with something a bit more interesting and so just making that b flat major into a b flat major seven just made the vibe of that chord change just a little bit different and um changed, changed my
1: melodic approach too well i was going to say harmonically it keeps that a running for all of them
0: Oh, yeah, I'm a genius. No, I didn't even know that. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good uh, point.
1: Yeah. Uh, I really I really like this one. It's got a load of, like, a pay-for-a-little-song it. <laughs> Take two. I really like this one. I, I think it's got quite a few, like, little songwriting tricks in it that I like, like, all those little descending runs and, like, you stick a little cheeky major, major seven in there and I'm just, yeah. I'm I'm in for it. I really really like this one. Can you tell? I appreciate it. Thank you.
0: Um, I mean, it's very much in the wheelhouse of when you write a piano song. You know, I I said to you when you write on piano, you seem to have a more vaudeville show tune type of feel to it, and I lent into that with this one. Um, you know, especially because it's a happy song lyrically. I feel like ha- matching that with a more bouncy piano part works.
1: Yeah, it sort of sort of creates this sort of great vibe a sort of more distinct vibe compared to some of the rest of uh, both your and my outputs because obviously although we try and write as varied as we can we've both got like certain moods and styles that we fall back on this is kind of a nice counterpoint to that like not entirely out of left field but also just a little further over in that direction than we'd normally go
0: 100% 100% well I appreciate the encouraging words and uh, yeah I'm looking forward to, uh, to developing it further Yes.
2: So am I. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, um in in our regularly scheduled feature, which we've totally got a name for and which we I I, I totally remember what it's called. What 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 of the music box things that, that happen with sound have you been experiencing in the past seven days or so? Um
0: Honestly, not to sound like a stuck record, but um... oh, actually wait. No, I have got a fresh thing I was gonna say I've been listening to healing by Todd Rundgren obsessively, which is true Um, But also I have um, been listening to the album the new Jonathan Rado album for who the bell tolls for? (laughs)
1: Um, and it's fantastic. It's a really, really great album. You've recommended it to me, and I've yet to get around to it. It's on my list. It's on my list. It's there waiting. <laughs> but I've, I've, I haven't listened to it quite yet. Well, that's, that's
0: fair enough. I only told you about it the other day. But um, uh, for those who don't know, Jonathan Rado produced the Lemon Twix first album. He was one, or is, was, I'm not quite sure, one half of Foxygen, and um, he's produced The Killers, Wise Blood, and uh, he's, I don't know, I feel like he's one of the better engineers and experimental producers around at the moment, and uh, this album's great. It's really, really great. its uh, It's got a lot of melodic uh, songwriting going on, but also just, like, everything is so layered. Um, I, actually, I actually messaged him and I said, like, I love the album. It's, it's great. I didn't expect to reply because he's Jonathan Rado and stuff, but uh, and I said it reminds me of Todd Rundgren albums in the sense that you'll go back and you'll always find a new a new layer to to enjoy. And he was like, "Oh, thanks, that's that's great to hear." So I really recommend that album to anyone who's looking for something uh, new to listen to. Well, I I shall listen to it. You, now, you got... see if I don't. <laughs> 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 I I would be interested to know what you think. I really would.
1: Um, so. I think I've heard a Foxygen record before, but uh it, it, it's been a while been a very long while ah uh, well what about you? what's been on your um headphones recently um so the big one that I can actually talk about in any way shape or form and it's not going to be a long talk uh, but is uh, queen made in heaven <laughs>
0: The uh, last Queen record, right? Or the last with, uh, yes. with Freddie Mercury?
1: Yeah, it was... Um, the the story behind it, for those unaware, is that when Freddie knew he was dying, um, he said to his bandmates, right, get me to sing anything, because I want you guys to make an album after we're done. Uh, and they got a fair chunk of it done, but they also had to pull in a few like of his songs from solo albums and things. Uh, and... They spent about three years working on it. And yeah, it's it's the posthumous Queen album. And I came to it in a slightly weird way in that I came to it first, almost. <laughs> um, other than the Greatest Hits album, Innuendo and Made in Heaven are my first proper Queen albums. Hmm. So they're, I've got a big soft spot for them. And what impresses me about Made in Heaven is just how it sounds like everyone was there and it Mm. sounds authentic to that period of time in music, at least for Queen. Um, Compare this to something like uh, the Beatles reunion singles, Free as a Bird and Real Love and Now and Then, where you can sort of hear them fighting against the fact that the tracks are so low quality and it, it feels like, you know, there are bits being added that wouldn't have been considered at the time uh at the same point in time you can't expect bands to stay that way forever. But this was kind of like a conscious effort to just sort of give one last hurrah. And mm. the production is very it's it's very carefully orchestrated. There are very few tells that, you know, there weren't four people sat in the recording studio trying to make something. I think it's I think it's wonderful.
0: Oh, that's brilliant. I'll have to give that a re-listen. It's been a long time. Uh, but yeah, you're right. I mean, with the with the Beatles, uh, you know, posthumous singles or the ones without John Lennon, I should say, it's not like he recorded a cassette and like went, hey, boys, you know, work on this when I'm gone. He just recorded oh, some songs, you know. Yeah, yeah.
1: It's two totally different scenarios. And I, you know, I absolutely love Free as a Bird and I can respect and appreciate the craft that goes into real love and into now and then. But Made in Heaven is an entirely different beast.
0: That's so cool. I love that they did that. I think that's a, an amazing thing. Uh, you know, it just it's another testament to what an amazing artist Freddie was.
2: Well,
1: just that my one of my favorite things about that record is that the last song Freddie wrote, uh, at least the last one that he wrote that was released, uh, was a song called uh, "Winter's Tale," uh, and it's just about how wonderful and beautiful the world is and wow. just, it, it's it's an amazing thing to hear from someone who knew that you didn't have very long left to live it it, it gets me right in the heart
0: oh well i'm gonna have to listen to that with uh with that in mind that's beautiful that's amazing that's that's about all i can say on that <laughs> no that's awesome I i i mean you are the biggest queen fan I know, uh, which is saying something because my uh, my sister and my brother both like love Queen and uh, all the albums, all the albums. And uh, And, so, yeah,
1: I put them to shame.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You do. You really do. Um,
1: No, that's awesome. I'm going to give that another listen, I think. So that's it for this week's episode of the Weekly Song Podcast and for season 17 of the Weekly Song Podcast. Thank you very much for, for listening. It's It's been great to sort of do this again. And to mm. yeah, it's it's been a lot of fun. Um, I was going to say, we'll be back for an episode eight next week. Are we? Well, uh, it's funny to discuss this during the intro of the actual show. Um, <laughs> we can retake this. We can retake this. If no, no, want, no, 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 it's uh, fine. I'm,
0: I'm not, uh, could do, depends. Uh, we could go over the songs we've written. Prepare some clips and go over the songs we've written and like discuss, uh, you know what we've learned and stuff. If you want,
1: yeah. Okay, cool. You've heard it here first. We're doing a Yay! roundup next week. Yay! <laughs> 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 <Please> roundup. <laughs> 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 Come on, it's time to play. Uh, so uh, you can send in. You can you can lambast how Least professional we are show ever. <laughs>
0: Are we doing an episode
1: eight? Um, <laughs> if you want yeah sure <laughs> <laughs> So if you want to comment on our lack of organization, why not send a weekly uh, an email into weeklysongpodcast at gmail.com um, You can find us <laughs> on Instagram on YouTube on Facebook search Weekly song podcast. Um, we have a we have a band called Schnuckums. uh We have an album out called Attaboy. If you know the vibes of the vo- podcast, you know the vibes of the album, go and listen to it, please. Um, <laughs> Roger, <laughs> where can people find you in your music? Um, well, uh I'm most active
0: social media wise on Instagram, that's at Roger Heathers. If you click the link in my bio, you can see my Substack. I've started writing weekly on Substack. I write about music making, recording, and uh generally being a musician, and uh I'm really enjoying that, and it's getting some lovely feedback, so do check that out if you haven't already. Um I have uh many albums out on uh Spotify, Bandcamp, Amazon Music, uh Tidal, Apple Music, you name it. They're out there. And uh, that's about it for me.
1: Um, Declan, how about you? Where can people find you and your music online? Uh, you can find my music on the places where you find music. Um, Bandcamp, Tidal, Spotify, iTunes, Deezer, The Moon. I don't know if there's music <laughs> on The Moon, but if you if there is, you can bet my album will be there. Um, <laughs> if you will get you nowhere. <laughs> um, I'm also on Instagram. Uh, you can find me via the Weekly Zone podcast page. Oh, uh, Yeah, that that that's about it. Um, I, I guess we'll see you next week for the for the episode that we totally know about and we're totally prepared for. Um, <laughs> we'll, we'll see you then. Then Ta-ra. Ta-ra.